This episode is sponsored by Kendo UI. Kendo UI allows you to build better apps faster. They have a comprehensive library ranging from data grids and charts to buttons and sliders. Plus, you can use their components as plain JavaScript as well as in Angular, React, and Vue. They have a large collection of customizable popular themes like Bootstrap and Material. Go check them out at javascriptjabber.com slash kendoui. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of JavaScript Jabber. We are still live at Microsoft Build. Uh, you've probably gotten a few of these by now. This time, we're sitting here live with uh, Vesa Juvenin. You're on the SharePoint team, right? Yes, I'm in the SharePoint development team, responsible of the SharePoint framework, which is the modern way of implementing SharePoint customizations using JavaScript. Gotcha. And uh, I, I think we covered last year, you know, more or less what SharePoint is and what it does and who uses yep. it. But can you just give us kind of the uh, two-minute elevator pitch and let us Abs know yeah, absolutely. how it fits in? Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't think people would remember that from a year right. ago. Anyway, so uh, SharePoint is an enterprise content management system. Uh, so basically, it is for uh, intranets, portals, uh, or uh collaboration, so uh -huh. sharing information between the teams inside of the company. Uh, that's pretty much uh, SharePoint in a nutshell. Yeah, I, I found, I've talked to a few people since, and people who use SharePoint know about it, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we, 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 you know, we needed that, and a lot of other people were like, yeah, we, I, I've still never seen it, right? So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So it seems like it's one of those things that people either know about and use or they don't know about. Sure. So SharePoint has existed since 2001. We were just before this podcast chatting about that one. SharePoint is now old enough to vote, which is actually mm -hmm. mind-blowing because Google didn't exist pretty much in 2001. Right. <laughs> it's like, what the? But it's evolved from that, those times, and it's, it's one of those things which is commonly used and has been used for years and decades, well, uh -huh. pretty much a decade in, in on-premises, and on-premises first and now in cloud. Right. So that there's a lot of historical well, package as well uh, from a customization perspective. Gotcha. So I, I guess the next question is, is, so why JavaScript developers? You know, why come on a JavaScript podcast? Well, for us, the SharePoint, SharePoint, like mentioned, it's a long, it's a really old biz. But what we wanted to do with SharePoint, that like two to three years ago, we wanted to modernize the development, and we wanted to make, get rid of the fact that if you wanted to do anything on SharePoint, you need to understand what is a SharePoint. Right. Um, so now we are using industry standard ways of customizing the SharePoint. Uh, right now, in the build, to uh, yesterday, uh, we announced that well, actually, if you write a web part, which is kind of a widget uh, mm -hmm. in a SharePoint portal, that web part can be also a Microsoft Teams tab. Okay. So we're moving to this direction where we use industry standard ways of customizing stuff in SharePoint, but also we are introducing a standard way of using JavaScript as the development platform across Office 365. Right. So you don't actually have to target your customization to Microsoft Teams or mm -hmm. SharePoint explicitly. It will right. just work on the both sides if that's meant to be. And that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And also, with my background as a freelancer, I found that if you can customize enterprise software, you can usually make a decent living doing that as True. a freelancer. True. So, there, yeah. you know, I, I just want to put out there, hey, folks, you probably have the skills, and this is a viable option for you if you're looking for a change in pace or scenery or career. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, well, and especially on that one, well, right now in SharePoint, in SharePoint Framework, SharePoint Framework is the new way of doing uh, development in SharePoint using JavaScript. Mm -hmm. uh, our store model uh, is right now pretty horrible, but we're looking into having uh, the whole model revamped uh, and having the app source and store things clarified by Ignite. Ignite is our 
autumn conference, uh, right. which is in uh, Orlando on September. I can't remember the dates. Yeah. But by that time, there will be then a store. You're able to implement whatever solutions you might have. They could be a simple JavaScript uh, image presenter solutions, mm-hmm. widgets implemented, for example, using Angular, Angular elements. Right. You could then uh, offer those to be available for enterprises uh, mm-hmm. across the world, and they can actually buy that in the App Store whenever we get all of that sorted out. Right. Then the question is, okay, is there actually a market for it? Uh, there's 300,000 customers in SharePoint Online. Using, oh, wow. Uh, in SharePoint Online. So SharePoint Online is part of Office 365. So 300,000 yep. potential organize, organize, uh, enterprises using your widget. And that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're not selling that NPM packets or widgets to a random other freelancer. You're actually selling yeah. that to a proper big customer. And that's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. And, and the bigger customers tend to be willing to pay a little bit more for Absolutely. those kinds of things. So, yeah. It's like, yeah, 1,500, whatever, 2,000, 5,000, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. It solves their business scenario rather than... Well, the, the classic story with SharePoint is, is the customers used to use system integrators uh, uh-huh. for implementing and, and targeting the business uh, requirements or resolving the business requirement with the customization. Right. System integrators kind of in a large scale are super expensive because then you start having a really detailed planning and everything mm-hmm. else. Now, if you have a nice widget or a functionality which solves the scenario, 5,000, 10,000, it doesn't matter. It's a known cost right. for customer. And mm-hmm. they are buying that and getting the widget and then that will just work rather yep. than getting a consultant in the room, start planning, and yeah. you don't know how much that's going to actually cost. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is, is yeah, if it's a standard implementation that, that works seamlessly with everything else that I'm running, yeah. and it costs me $2,000, well, that may replace, you know, the, the other option is what, hire somebody? Yeah. And that's, a, that's you know, on the low well. end is, you <laughs> yeah. know, $40,000, $50,000 a year. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it's easily worth it that way. Absolutely. So um, you mentioned Angular Elements, um, and if I remember right, I think you told us that SharePoint, a lot of the other stuff is implemented in React? Yes. So, well, our framework and the SharePoint native UIs are implemented using React. So back in like two and a half years ago, three years ago, we were forced to make a decision because we have plenty of developers obviously inside of Microsoft. Right. The SharePoint UIs are pretty big and there's a lot of customizations, native out-of-the-box customizations Mm -hmm. in them. So we needed to, we did the evaluation on the frameworks and a few years back we needed to make a decision. At Uh the time, React was the most mature and flexible right. for our requirements. Um, and obviously, when we talk about enterprise-scale content management system, it's not like we can flip the framework right. in a matter of months. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't happen. Right. So, um, But now, um, Angular 6 came out a few weeks back, mm-hmm. uh, depending, obviously, when you're listening to the podcast. But, uh, I, I was at uh, NGConf. They talked a lot about yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. We've been actually having even meetings with Google every now and then to chat mm-hmm. about these things. Uh, now, that, that's now out, Angular Elements is out, their optimization and bundle size stuff and minification is just looks insane. Right. Uh, so who knows if the Angular 6.0 would have been out back in two years ago, right. the SharePoint might have been built using Angular. Who knows? Oh, interesting. So, but it looks really promising. There's nothing wrong with React either. React oh, right, is right. evolving extremely well as well. But Yeah, right uh, tool, right time makes exactly. sense. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So Angular Elements, anyway, is a super interesting scenario as well because it, it now it natively gives uh, the isolation 
right. which the Angular has been kind of lacking. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the SharePoint environment, you could have a SharePoint portal page where you have a one widget with Angular, one with a Knockout, one with a Handlebars, one with an Angular uh, with a React. Uh huh. And out of the box stuff in a React. So we have a mixture of frameworks which could be present mm -hmm. on the same time on a page. So we need right. to have the isolation uh, between them. Yeah. One other framework that seems to be gaining a lot of ground is Vue. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So um, plays nicely with Vue? Uh, plays nicely with Vue. Vue has the, we have actually community samples. Uh, uh -huh. So as part of the SharePoint framework and SharePoint community, we, are, we have plenty of stuff in uh, GitHub. Uh -huh. uh, we're hitting like uh, 30, no, 40,000 visitors in a month. I don't know if that's a lot or not, but it's a pretty decent number mm -hmm. in the office scale at least. Right. Um, and but some of those samples are implemented using Vue. Gotcha. So absolutely support it, absolutely. You can actually implement web parts and extensions to SharePoint using whatever is your preference. So mm -hmm. it's the fact that we are using React, which is absolutely good framework as well. It doesn't mean that you have to use React. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It might be interesting, too. We just started a React podcast called Re uh, React Roundup. Cool. It might be interesting to get some of your developers on and talk about building an app of this scale. That's actually, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can imagine that some of our engineers would be loving to join on that kind of chat. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'm a PM, so I'm not, I don't actually <laughs> write code. I, I, or let's put it this way. I'm You're not one of supposed them. To, I'm not supposed to write code. Let's put it this way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, makes sense. Um, so you mentioned isolation when you were talking about Angular Elements. Yeah. How, how do you maintain that isolation then if you do something in Vue or React? Well, in Vue and React, so we, we do have a certain level of challenges related on optimizing the isolation. Mm -hmm. So uh, because it might be that your web part is using a different version of React, or it right. might be that it's using a different version of other NPM uh, libraries, like right. we have Office UI Fabric providing uh, some UI elements. Mm -hmm. What if you web part is using a different version than the native uh, SharePoint. Right, or Redux. Right, and, yeah. You know, yeah. and keeping so the store separate. Keeping, yeah. and, and the only, to be honest, the only viable way of isolating is bundling the right versions inside of the bundle. And that's okay. not an optimal thing because that increases the page size right. uh, quite significantly. But on the other hand, in the enterprise portals, we need to make sure that the portal pages do not just suddenly drop down. Right. Because some company's business might be dependent yeah, depends on the on portal it, right. yeah, on being running. Yep. So and yes, there's classical challenges. How do you how do you deal with those different versions? How do you have that isolation? Uh, bundling everything to same uh, isolated bundles, uh, but yeah. it gives you the isolation. Yeah, that makes sense. So if somebody decides, all right, you know what? This sounds great. I'm going to go build a SharePoint extension. Cool. But I've never used SharePoint before. Yeah. So is there a way to get in there and figure yes. out if what I'm doing makes any sense at all? So first of all, we do have a Office 365 developer tenant program. Mm -hmm. So if you go uh, dev.office.com, that's going to redirect you to the new uh, portal. I can't remember the portal URL, <laughs> which is <laughs> I probably should remember that. But yeah. you can get a free Office 365 tenant for mm -hmm. your development purposes. Okay. And as long as you use that tenant for development activities, uh -huh. you're kind of a, uh, detecting a certain uh, nuances, what are you using in a tenant? If you're using that for development activities, we'll renew that tenant automatically for you. Right. And in that tenant, uh, obviously, you can then try and, and start playing around and be implementing stuff for SharePoint. So you will have right. free SharePoint online. You will have a free... Uh, Outlook uh, online and all of those things and we're right. able to start doing development. 
our documentation is in the docs.microsoft.com slash SharePoint, mm -hmm. and then you click developer uh, documentation. There's getting started tutorials. Uh, there's a, this is what you need to do when you have the developer tenant right. walk these steps through. It's mm -hmm. really detailed. If you don't like a written format tutorials, they are also recorded in video. So we have a YouTube channel where you can nice. go and walk through the steps as well. Right. The only downside of those tutorials, the video recordings, is that they are in Finglish. So many of them are done by me. So <laughs> You're fairly intelligible. It's okay. Okay, cool. Cool. That's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but there's there's plenty of uh, tutorials available, absolutely. And if if something is missing, uh, you can always go to uh, our docs.microsoft.com platform, can provide a comment. Uh, mm -hmm. All of the comments in our documentation will be an issues right. in our GitHub issue list. If mm -hmm. you complain about our tutorials or something is missing, then trust me, we'll address that. We we want people to learn oh, how to make this happen. Yeah, makes sense. So. And then how do I wind up pulling things in like? Angular or React or whatever I decide to do, is that all just you know done with imports in so TypeScript or the the SharePoint framework? And this, this might be old school for some JavaScript developers, but we are using the the default way of uh, coming up with your solution is that we are using Yeoman templates. Okay. Uh, some of the Angular guys will be saying, or girls will be saying, well, CLI is so much better, and we get that. But yeah. uh, within the SharePoint development scale, we started with the Yeoman templates a few years back. We need mm -hmm. to be stable. We can't yep. go and now introduce another way of doing this solution right. scaffolding. That scaffolding, the default scaffolding will give you three options. There's a no JavaScript framework option, there's uh -huh. a React option, and a knockout option. Uh, so you're able to choose from them. If you use any other uh, framework like Angular, mm -hmm. you start with the no JavaScript option. It will scaffold you the default setup, and right. then it's a matter of running npm install, doing the references and imports, okay. and then you're good to go. So Sounds good. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. So what kinds of extensions are you seeing people build? Well, obviously, the web parts are web parts. Web parts are widgets. Uh, well, it depends on the platform, mm -hmm. how you think of them. Uh, then the extensions is a new thing. They went uh, we uh, GA, uh, General Available, last Ignite. Mm -hmm. So we, I think we went to preview a year ago and built right. then uh, GA on Ignite. And with widgets, uh, sorry, in extensions, uh, you can implement, for example, header, header mm -hmm. sections on the pages or folders. Okay. If you want to have, for example, a standard company folder across all of the portal pages mm -hmm. and all of the collaboration sites within your tenant, because right. that might be hundreds of thousands of sites, right. you're able to push that folder to be available in all of the sites consistently. 
And that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. because then you make sure that your extension is available in every mm -hmm. single page right. where a person goes. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize there was a difference between web parts and extensions. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So um, Terminology things as well. Yeah. So. yeah, you run into that in any sufficiently large project, you, yeah. you, you're just bound to hit that. Yeah, So absolutely. extensions are also written in JavaScript? Yes, the, the extensions, the web parts are widgets. So you're going to have an X amount mm -hmm. of web parts. You're able to add a web part, remove a web part right. from a page. So you're building a web parts like out-of-the-box web part would be like document library web part or file view web part, right. image web part, mm -hmm. uh, text web part well, could be one. Now, you can implement as many custom web parts as you want. Typical scenarios, the simplest, simplistic scenarios would be something like, hey, let's have a rotating images with a text. Right. When somebody leaks that, you'll head to the HR organization mm -hmm. site, and then that's giving you additional right. information. Now, starting from uh, January this year, uh, you're able to also easily integrate with Microsoft Graph. Mm -hmm. So you're able to get the information from a Microsoft Graph APIs, right. or you're able to call from the SharePoint framework securely web APIs in Microsoft Azure. Okay. Which is actually quite a common scenario because a lot of these enterprise customers, they want to surface LOB data mm -hmm. in their portal. Yeah, so LOB, I'm just going to clarify for my listeners, is line point. of business. So yeah, any data that they have that helps them run their business, essentially. Correct. So for example, in, let's say in the front page of your portal, you might want to show the top 10 sales of the day mm -hmm. um, from your yep. sales management system, whatever that system is. Right. You would actually implement that in a way that you have a presentation layer, which is the SharePoint framework in right. JavaScript. Then that's calling uh, to get the data and API in Azure mm -hmm. in a secret way. And then the API in Azure, whatever, connecting to the external system. There's multiple ways for that one even connect right. to the on-premises system. That would return data in JSON format. You would actually present that. And then people would be happy that, oh, your awesome whatever widget is presenting this data in a really cool format. Right. Uh, and to be fair, a lot of the, uh, for especially your audience, uh, most likely, a lot of the, the basic, the most demanded scenarios actually are pretty simple. Mm -hmm. We want to have a cool widget on the front page of the portal showing in a cool way images and links or uh, latest news or uh, whatever the, the really basic scenarios actually. Right. Uh, so if you can implement cool looking stuff, mm -hmm. enterprises want to buy that. And yep. Quite normal enterprise organizations, they, they do have a pretty high limits of buying simple stuff. Yep. So it is actually a pretty interesting opportunity. Very cool. Well, um, I guess the last question I have is if people need support, so they yep. start doing this, they need support, how do they get a hold of somebody to help them out? So I've always said that please do not send an email to me because that doesn't scale. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, what actually works right now, we've been really paying attention on this one. So if you do, uh, if you go to the uh, our docs and add a comment and ask mm -hmm. help in the comments, we those are replicated to our SP Dev Docs repository underneath the GitHub SharePoint organization. Gotcha. And in there, we it's a centralized location where people can ask questions. If they run mm -hmm. into an API challenge, they can right. ask support. If they think that there's something wrong with our stuff, well, sure, there is. there's always bugs. Right. They can report the bug over there as well. Uh, maybe the easiest way to remember that address is AKMS, uh, AKMS slash spdev-issues. Uh -huh. And hitting that one, it will go to the issue list of SP Dev Docs repository in the SharePoint organization. You can create an issue, ask help, uh, report an issue, uh, 
reported potential problems and whatever. And a few times in a week, uh, typically two to three times in a week, we triage those things. We're replicating uh -huh. them to our Visual Studio. Engineering is have a look, and then we come back as fast as possible. All right, sounds good. Cool. All right, well, the last part of our show is picks. I don't know if you remember this from oh, last yeah, time. Oh, yeah, I, I actually needed to cheat, and so I, I, because I can't <laughs> remember the writer's name. So, yes, <laughs> I needed to actually get prepared on this one. This episode is sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean is the hosting provider I use for devchat.tv. I also use it for my applications that manage the RSS feeds, scheduling, and sponsorships involved in delivering these shows. DigitalOcean is easy to use, has data centers all over the world, and provides terrific services including server hosting and object storage for delivering your web applications and assets quickly and easily. I use DigitalOcean because I love their interface. I get SSD storage for my servers, and their support replies quickly. So go check them out at DigitalOcean.com. Awesome. So do you have some things then that you're ready well, to pick? Well, kind of a pick thing. This was this was one thing what kind of blown my mind. I wanted to chat about this one. So if you're really into Skiffy stuff, obviously people have seen the Ready Player One movie. Mm -hmm. uh, I read the book. I haven't actually seen the movie, but apparently people like that. So I, I need to watch the movie as well. I'll, I'll warn you, don't go in with any expectations. Because okay. I, I had read the book a number of times, went and saw the movie, was super disappointed. Really? Okay. Yeah. And okay. then I went back and saw it again and I was like, no, this is a great movie. I just had to get over the fact that it's didn't doesn't quite follow fall. the okay, book. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so this is a book from Ernest Klein, and I can't remember people's names. Mm -hmm. so I needed to have a look. So Armada is his latest book, right? Right. One of the things in the Armada, I haven't read the whole book, but something really blowed my mind in when the book started. There was a discussion point on the fact that why in the Skiffy movies, like in the Star Wars, mm -hmm. they are still flying, flying those, uh, air, uh, so those space shuttles uh -huh. in the space and doing fighting. Right. And whenever then uh, the bad guys hit the space shuttle of a good guy, then the guy explodes. Yeah. Why don't they do drones? Why is the guy actually sitting in the, in the machine? Why isn't the guy actually sitting in a planet? Because they box. have crappy Wi-Fi in space. Because they have happy, and then at the same time they can actually connect to anybody across the universe oh, to have a right. hologram discussion, which is yeah. insane. That was kind of a mind blowing. Like, oh yeah. shit, you ruined the Skiffy books for me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if you've seen the old Star Wars when they do the hologram yeah. discussions, yeah, it's 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 shaky. It's really low quality. Exactly. exactly. So, so they still haven't quite figured out video <laughs> Wi-Fi. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the interesting kind of mind blowing. Oh, good, good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I think I think in a lot of those, um, a you know nobody wants to watch a cast of drones. True. <laughs> and I think I think the other thing is is that um, you know when they created Star Wars in the or Star Trek in the 70, 60s yeah. and Star Absolutely. Wars in the 70s. Absolutely. I don't know if the idea of an unmanned drone was really that much of a viable yeah. thing, and yes, so absolutely, yeah. it perfectly, it absolutely makes sense. It makes sense, but yeah, but it's but interesting. Yeah, now that we look at it today, it's like, yeah, so you strap a cell phone to it, and then I can fly it. Yep, from my, yeah, from my couch. It's absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any pics so. from your side, actually, just out of curiosity. What was that? Any pics from your side? <laughs> oh, so pics from my side, yeah. So, um. You've I have been having quite a few of the sessions already during yeah, build, so. <laughs> but I, I did think of a few things that I wanted to pick. So um, on the books front, um, I have an Audible account that I use all the time. And I have this habit of buying books and then never get around to listening to them. Yeah. 
And I, I tend to listen to podcasts quite a bit. The difference is, is that the podcasts are, you know, up to an hour or two hours for the really long ones. Yeah. And the books range from about an hour long, depending on what they are, all the way up to like 24 hours. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. some of the fiction long books months. get really, Absolutely. really long. Brandon Sanderson books and uh, Robert Jordan books, like the Wheel of Time books. Yeah, th- those are like... 80 hours or something. I mean, you know, some of those Whoa. get really out there. Um, and I tend I tend to listen through the the fiction books because I'm following a story. Yep. But some of the nonfiction stuff I haven't. And I've been meaning to get through it. So what I did is I said, okay, the podcasts that I listen to that, you know, I want to hear that come out every day, yep. um, I'll listen to those. But then I have a whole bunch queued up for, you know, to come up next. And I trade off listening to those so that... Uh, I'll listen to one of those and then I'll listen to a book. And of course, I sorted them shortest to longest, so it wouldn't yeah. be a big deal. But now I'm into like four hour books. Um, but the latest couple of books that I've read or listened to, read, whatever, however you, however you reckon that in your head, right? I, I listened to read them, um, have been by Zig Ziglar. Um, okay. And he's a sales and life and business speaker and coach and, you know, uh, has a lot of uh, encouraging content. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and, and if you listen to a lot of his stuff, um, it, you, you'll get the same stories in, you know, in various books because he's making the same point or he's riffing on one point and uses a story to illustrate another highlight. Yeah. Um, but he's got a lot of great stories, great anecdotes. He's super funny, tells a ton of great jokes. Um, and this is a big lead in to basically say, I, so the last book I listened to was called Conversations with My Dog okay. by Zig Ziglar. And it kind of summarizes his whole um, life, um, like core life strategy meaning. Philosophy. Or or philosophy whatever, yeah. that, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. His life philosophy, right? And he, he just talks through all these things. And if you've listened to his other seminars, yeah, you've heard all of it before, yeah. but it kind of brought it into this cohesive thing. It was about three, three and a half hours long. Cool. Um, but it was it was really great. So if you're looking for kind of an overall introduction to Zig Ziglar and what his core life beliefs are, um, that's a great way to get in. He also has just a ton of information. If you're if you're into sales or leadership. He has series on those as well. Cool. So if you wind up, you know, I, I don't know exactly what's involved in being a PM at Microsoft, but if you're like a team lead or a CTO yeah. or a CIO or CEO, or you're at any level where you're leading people, he's just got some terrific or when solid you need to content. influence people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, overall, Zig Ziglar stuff is terrific. In cool. fact, I've bought a copy of everything they had on Audible by Zig Ziglar, and cool. it's just awesome. Yeah, and then I have one other pick, and that is is that I've decided to learn Japanese, and so I uh, I figured out I was talking to John Sonmez. Some of our listeners will know who he is, um, but he was learning Italian, which meant that I could give him crap since I speak Italian. <laughs> but uh, he was learning Italian, and I finally went to him. And I said, "I want to learn Japanese. How did you, you know, what were you using?" Because he was doing some kind of lesson system. Yeah, and it turns out he was using the Pimsleur lessons. Yeah. And uh, Audible has those. Oh, that's and convenient. So, yeah, they're like, it, I think it's five credits or 200 bucks. I don't, I don't remember. So don't quote me on the price, but it came down to something like that. So um, if you're looking to uh, pick up a language, it turns out those are pretty great. So Cool. 
I'm learning really how doing that too. And and they're basically half hour lessons that you listen to every day. And they explain at the beginning of the the recording how to approach it. So yeah, yeah. half an hour isn't actually that bad. That's like yeah. you can use that if you're committed yeah. on on learning that. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, makes yeah, sense. and they basically say, look, so you repeat when we tell you to repeat, and you listen when we tell you to listen. And they said, don't get ahead because your brain needs a certain amount of time yeah. to process it Adjust and them. have yep. it sink in. Absolutely. So um, I, I learned Italian mostly. Well, I had six, six or eight weeks of training and then got sent to Italy. And that's yeah. how I learned Italian. But um, besides immersion, this, this has been a pretty good way to go. Cool. So Sounds really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. I got long-winded on my picks, but yeah, that's that's what they're there for. So. All good. All good. <laughs> so one last question I have for you is if people want to find you online, you yes. said you've done videos. Um, it sounds like you know you might be blogging or tweeting or something. Yep. So, so where, where do people find that stuff? Well, so on the SharePoint side on the, and the, all of the SharePoint dev stuff is getting tweeted officially under Office Dev mm-hmm. tag in Twitter. Uh, or you can use my name as Vesa Yuvonen uh, mm-hmm. as a tag. That's... Well, I, I typically, because I'm based in Europe, uh, so I tweet in the Europe time frame on afternoon and then I retweet uh, and do a isolated tweets on Office Dev. So I'm kind of right. reinforcing the message, which you need to do anyway in the right. Twitter because it's it's a matter of time and you're losing the audience. Yep. But uh, Office Dev is the official channel uh, mm-hmm. with everything around Office 365 development, including SharePoint. And Vesa Yuvonen uh, is my personal tag. Awesome. Cool. All right, and I'm assuming people can find you on GitHub. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, okay. uh, GitHub uh, using Vesa Yuvonen as well. And obviously, if you go underneath the SharePoint organization in GitHub, a lot of, uh, well, I technically control that. So right. all of the stuff, what is happening there. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, we'll encourage me. some folks to go check that stuff out. Sounds good. Um, please, please, and obviously, please, please, super important thing. If you find something which isn't there and you need to have it, please let us know. We are here yep. to help you because we seriously want to understand what do you need and we'll address those gaps. Mm-hmm. So thanks for your feedback um, advance. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody that I've talked to at Build has said that. Cool. cool. <laughs> if you yeah. have any feedback, let us yes. know. Seriously, no, seriously, seriously, yeah. let us know. So yes. Oh, they're copying the whole idea from us. So we started this. Oh, there we go. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, because you've been around for 18 years, and they're all newbies. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's all true. right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Thanks for uh, talking to us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit. C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.